is from the Gospel of Matthew in the 17th chapter, verses 1 through 9. Hear these words. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. And suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, and they were talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my Son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Again, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God, open our ears that we may hear your truth. Open our eyes that we may see your kingdom. And open our hearts and minds that we might know the cries of our brothers and sisters who are hurting and hungry and sometimes even dying without the knowledge of your love for them. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And all God's people said, Amen. We've been to the mountaintop. We've seen the glory of our God. He is here. In the valley low, He is here. I feel it in my bones. Our God, He is here, for we are the body of God. Might not be familiar with it, but that's the chorus of Mountaintop, a song that was made famous by one of my favorite contemporary Christian bands, a group that I first encountered at Resurrection about 10 years ago now, the City Harmonic, a band out of Montreal, Canada. Many of us have had these moments, these mountaintop experiences, those times when we felt like we were on top of the world, when we were really happy and confident that we knew all the answers, that we could solve any problems that came up, or we felt that we were really close to God, really in tune with God's plan for us. And in, and in these moments, we were excited and alive, and, and everything seemed new. The moment might have come at some exciting event in your life, like graduation, baptism, your first kiss, your first day on the job, your wedding, maybe the birth of a child, or maybe even catching your first fish. It might have been something really spiritual, like a, like a week at church camp or at a church retreat. Or it might have been something of a smaller and quieter nature, like a very intimate conversation with your father or your mother when you felt that they honestly understood what you were saying and why you felt the way that you did. As I prepared for this sermon this morning, I 
look back on some mountaintop experiences that have been part of my lifetime. One of those experiences occurred during local pastor licensing school in 2006. Once your calling to ministry is endorsed by the local church and the district committee on ordained ministry has acknowledged your call, licensing school becomes the first step in a long process toward ordained ministry in the United Methodist Church. And as I look back on the first weekend experience, I still remember what a powerful weekend that was for me. And I wrote this reflection on a blog that I was keeping at the time. I wrote... Saturday night closed with a very emotional worship service where many of us shared testimony, joys, and concerns. But most of all, we shared community. Following the service, we stayed up for several hours of late night conversation and fellowship because we were experiencing a high that we didn't want to end. And on Sunday morning, we gathered together to deconstruct and evaluate the weekend, to get our assignments for the next weekend, and to worship again. We opened and closed that weekend with communion. We came as strangers with a common calling, and we left as a community in the truest sense of the word. That was a mountaintop experience for me. As I was also working on putting this sermon together, I began to see word of, of an experience that I'm going to say is probably a mountaintop experience for the students at Asbury College in Wilmore, Kentucky, as they are experiencing a bit of a revival on their own. I think what well, we're into the 10th or 11th day of a worship service, a chapel service at the college that has not ended. Now, we Methodists don't necessarily believe that revival is an evangelistic opportunity. We believe that it's a time for the heart to be made warm, a time to grow closer to God, a time to seek reconciliation with our brothers and sisters, and a time to experience something that we can't explain. And I'll be honest with you, I, I, I happen to be a bit of a skeptic at times, but I don't know enough about what's going on there in, 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 in Wilmore, Kentucky. But I do know that students from Christian colleges from all across the Midwest are making the trek. That something's going on. And sometimes, as a colleague of mine back at Candler put it so elegant, elegantly one day, he said, Sometimes you just got to let it do. Let it do. Let the Spirit do what the Spirit's going to do. And so we pray that this is an experience that will change lives, that will have students' hearts be strangely warmed, as John Wesley put it, at Aldersgate, after his experience at Aldersgate many, many years ago. We call these mountaintop experiences. And i got to tell you, we hate to come down off the mountain. 
We want to hang around for that, for, the, for that moment for as long as we possibly can. We think, let's just stay right here and let the rest of the world go by for a while. But if we try to freeze that one moment in time, we shut off the possibility of the next moment. In our gospel reading for today, we hear the writer of Matthew give his version of the event that we call the transfiguration of Jesus. Now Mark and Luke also contain an account of this strange occurrence with some minor variations in the telling. It's one of those rare moments that we were just talking about, one of those mountaintop experiences of life which somehow defy adequate description, and it challenges us to stretch our concept of reality to the point that we use usually wind up asking the question, did this really happen? Events such as the transfiguration somehow connect us with the mystery of creation and eternity. For Jesus, it was a time of confirmation and affirmation of his ministry. For Peter, James, and John, it was a brief glimpse of the transcendent, a peek at the reality that lies just beyond everyday life. But I want you to notice that Jesus quickly led the disciples back down off that mountaintop. In spite of Peter's desire to pitch a tent and camp there for a while, Jesus led them back into the daily routine of teaching and preaching and caring for the broken and hurting people of the world that they lived in. He took them back to the reality of life in the valley. And here's the thing. The same Jesus who leads us to these spiritual high places also leads us to care for the hurting, broken-hearted children, to minister to the homeless, to bind up the wounds of a broken world, or simply to tend to the needs of a brother or sister. So when you do experience that mountaintop, don't forget the valley below. Because Jesus is there in the valley in that foul-smelling nursing home. Jesus is there in the valley of fears and tears of everyday life. Jesus is there in the valley of the joy of a birth of a child. Jesus is there in the valley of the aching loneliness of a shut-in. Jesus is there at the repeated failures of his followers. Now, perhaps you've heard the story of the preacher who moved uh, to his new church. And this particular church didn't have a lawnmower, so he was looking for someone to either mow the lawn or to sell him a used lawnmower. And one day he saw a young man going by pushing a lawnmower. So the preacher asked him, Hey there, you looking for a job? And the young man said, Sure. Turned out that he was mowing yards and trying to earn enough money to buy a bicycle. Now the preacher was kind of young and didn't mind mowing the yard himself, so he told the young man, look, I've got a 10-speed bicycle that I don't ride anymore. What do you say we trade that bike for your lawnmower? Well, the young man, the boy, was ecstatic. They swapped and the young man took off on that bicycle. He rode around the block and came back to find the preacher standing in the same place, but this time wiping sweat off his brow. And the preacher waved the boy over and said, Hey, I pulled on that rope a half a dozen times and this lawnmower just won't start. Well, the young man said, Preacher, I hate to tell you this, but it's a special kind of lawnmower. You have to cuss it to get it to start. 
<laughs> well, the preacher looked at him and said, well, I've been in the ministry so long, I don't think I can remember how to cuss. And the young man just grinned and said, well, you pull on that rope a few more times, and I, I bet it'll come back to you. <laughs> the point is that we ought not stay on the mountaintop so long that we forget what it's like to be in the crowd. We shouldn't forget what it's like to pull on a stubborn lawnmower. And I know from personal experience that mowing a lawn is a sure way to keep your feet firmly in the valley. But Peter needed the mountaintop. We all do. It's there that he learned that he needed to listen to Jesus. God himself helped Peter to understand this. We've all had those moments or we wouldn't be here. Moments when we learned we needed to listen to Jesus. But let me tell you something about a wonderful little secret. Peter didn't go up on that mountain to find God. God brought Peter up that mountain. God revealed himself to Peter. We don't find God up on mountains. God finds us. Father John Powell, in his book, Unconditional Love, tells the story of a young man named Tommy, who was a student in his college class on the theology of faith. Tommy turned out to be the atheist in residence in that course. He constantly objected to, smirked at, or whined about the possibility of an unconditionally loving Father God. And at the end of the course, he asked in a slightly cynical tone, Well, you think I'll ever find God? And Powell decided on a little shock therapy and said, No. Tommy said, Well, oh, I thought that was the product you were pushing. Powell says, I let him get about five steps toward the door, and I called out, Tommy, I don't think you'll ever find God, but I'm certain that he will find you. Tommy shrugged and left the class, and as Powell said, he left my life too. Later, I heard a report that Tom had graduated, and I was duly grateful. But then came a sad report that Tommy had a terminal illness. And before I could search him out, he came to see me. Tommy, I've thought about you so often. I hear you're sick. Yes, Father, very, very sick. Want to talk about it? Sure. What do you want to know? Well, Tom, what's it like to be 24 and dying? Well, it could be worse. Like what? Well, like being 50 and having no values or ideals. Like being 50 and thinking that booze, sex, and making money are the real biggies in life. But what I really came to see you about, Tommy said, is something you said to me on the last day of class. I asked you if you thought I would ever find God, and you said no, which surprised me. But then you said, but God will find you. And I thought about that a lot, even though my search for God was not at all intense at the time. He said, one day I woke up and decided to spend what time I had doing something more profitable. I thought about you and your class and remembered everything else or remembered something else that you said. The essential sadness is to go through life without living. But it would be almost equally sad to go through life and leave this world without ever telling those you loved that you had loved them. So I began with the hardest one. 
my father. That afternoon, Dad was reading the paper when I approached him. Dad, yes, what is it? He asked without lowering the newspaper. Dad, I'd like to talk with you. Well, talk. I mean, Dad, it's really important. The newspaper came down three slow inches. Well, what is it? Dad, I love you. I just wanted you to know that. The newspaper fluttered to the floor. Then my father did two things that I could not remember him ever doing before. He cried and he hugged me. It felt so good to be close to my father, to see his tears, to feel his hug, and to hear him say that he loved me. Now, it was easier with mom and my little brother. We shared things that we'd been keeping secret for so many years. And then one day I turned around and God was there. Apparently God does things in his own way at his own time. But the important thing was that God was there. He found me. You were right. He found me even after I stopped looking for him. Friends, it's on the mountain of transfiguration that God reveals himself to us. He finds us, reveals to us his plan. It's a plan found in Jesus. We are to listen to him. Now, have you come to a place in your life where you've listened? Listened to his parables? Learned from his teachings? Watched his miracles? Felt his sacrificial love? Maybe if you haven't, you need to go up and experience the mountaintop. But if you've already listened to his parables, learned from his teachings, and watched his miracles, and felt his artificial love, then you've been there. You've been to the mountaintop. You've seen the glory of our God, and you've experienced that glory for yourself. And for many of you, it may have been a long time ago that these things happened. But if you have experienced the mountaintop, please, please, don't forget the valley below. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to visit our website at mcfarlandumc.org to learn more about our church and the ministries that we provide to the Rossville and East Lake communities around Chattanooga. May God's blessings be yours.